You're tuned to the Sports Central with Corey Geiger on State College's ESPN Radio 1450 and Altoona's ESPN Radio 1430 WVAM. All righty. I think it was the greatest NCAA tournament performance of all time. I watched Oklahoma play eight times this year. Buddy Heald's the best player in the country. Villanova destroyed, just completely obliterated a really good top three or four team in this country by 44 points in the final four. Best NCAA tournament performance of all time. Of all time. If anybody can come up with a comparable uh, crushing UNLV's 30-point win over Duke in the national championship game, the 102-72 win, that was their first one. And then when they that was the year before um, they, they lost to Duke in the Final Four to end their undefeated season. Maybe you can throw that out because that was a really good Duke team, but that was a really young Duke team as well with Leitner and Bobby Hurley. This was an experienced veteran. Um, I think Bob Long told us this stat the other day. This was an experienced veteran Oklahoma team that had four guys who had started 105 games together, for God's sake, including the best player in the country. So we'll go live down to Houston right now. My pal Bob Long from Bob Long Sports. He's there. He's working on a documentary on what it's like to go to the Final Four. What do you think, Bob? Can you agree with my assessment um, that it it was maybe the best NCAA tournament performance of all time? I can. I I absolutely, unequivocally agree. I mean, there's a certain Villanova 8 seed team from 1985 that might have a bone to pick with you. But, I mean, in all seriousness, that was absolutely unbelievable. And I think it was all predicated – you look at 95 points and how efficiently they shot, sure. But it was the defensive intensity of Villanova not letting Oklahoma get comfortable. And uh, for all but the first four minutes of the second half, the ability to control the rebounding edge that people thought Oklahoma might have, I mean, it was just a complete performance. And then anything you can ask for from, okay. from a team like that, it was unbelievable. Well, what's interesting now is when you have a game like that, they're not going to shoot 71% against Carolina. Uh, and so, and they're not going to beat Carolina by 44 points. So it's going to be a much different right. kind of game tonight. But, so what do we expect from Villanova first and foremost? We'll get to Carolina in a second. What do we expect from Villanova? Do we expect a cockiness and a hangover and they come out and really struggle shooting the ball tonight? Or do we expect a return to reality and yet they can still find a way to win against Carolina? What do you realistically expect? I'll first say I don't think they're going to come out cocky and hold themselves in the least. I mean, that's for, you know, I know you've watched this Villanova team. That's just not who they are. It's not the type of basketball that they play. They're going to come in respectful and hungry. And I don't know whether they're going to be able to shoot, say, over 50% or not tonight. I think Carolina's going to try to make it difficult on them. Um, but Villanova, if they're able to get turn, turn North Carolina over, they had double-digit turnovers against Syracuse and I think you'd probably agree they didn't play a particularly great game, I don't think, on Saturday night. Uh, If it's anywhere near the way Villanova played on Saturday night and anywhere near the way North Carolina played on Saturday night, I think it's Villanova tonight. So do I, because, look, um, uh, I watched with great uh, uh, attention the Syracuse-North Carolina. This is not a strong, this is not a great Syracuse team. And Syracuse, right. while they lost by 17, um, 
Carolina struggled shooting the ball from three, missed their first 12 threes. Villanova's not going to struggle from the shoot, shooting the three. They're not. They're not going to seventy one percent or fifty six percent or whatever it was from three. But Villanova's going to make shots. That's what they do. Syracuse right. couldn't make any shots, and Syracuse was crapping the bed from the free throw line. So Syracuse left a lot of points uh, on the floor that that could have made that a much much closer game. And and look, Carolina there was seven. It was seven with four minutes to go too. I mean, North Carolina put it away at the end, but. There was a point where everyone kind of said, hold on a second. I think it was when Leiden hit that three yeah. to get it to seven. And then Marcus Page came back and, and yep. hit the dagger three to kill the 10-0 run momentum. But my point is, Carolina has a tremendous inside game. They exploited it over Syracuse, unlike that I thought they'd be able to do with Syracuse packing the zone in. My guess is Carolina is going to try to muscle and power its way inside against Villanova the same way they did on Saturday. I think so, and I think Daniel Ochefu is the key. You're going to see North Carolina run some high ball screens. It's what they do, and Ochefu is sometimes a bit liberal in the way he tries to hedge against those, pinches out very aggressively, and you just can't have a couple ticky-tacky fouls there because you're going to need to save them for on the block, you know, big man on big man, Bryce Johnson or Kennedy Meeks. I mean, that's what you're going to need to allocate those fouls for if you're Ochefu. And Villanova doesn't have the depth if he has to spend a long period of time on the bench with foul trouble. Yeah, and the fact that Carolina doesn't shoot the three well, I can see this being a game where they're trading twos for threes. Carolina maybe can have its way inside, um, getting a lot of twos in the paint, but Villanova's going to get its threes. And so then ultimately, uh, whoever comes up with that one eight to two run or, or 10, to four, 10 to three run kind of thing in crunch time, that's probably who's going to win the game. Yeah, we talked about it on Friday, Corey, about Villanova's defensive alignment this year and the fact that they've started to go to a matchup zone at times. That's never really happened in Jay Wright's tenure at Villanova. And I'm interested to see how much that will be utilized against North Carolina, especially if there is an issue of foul trouble. And then how do you rebound out of the zone? That's always the tough part of going into a zone especially when you're undersized like Villanova. So oh, yeah. I think that's a key to the game as well. Yeah, because Syracuse had been rebounding great, but but Carolina's huge. They've got a bunch of huge guys in. They rebound exceptionally well. I'm picking Villanova, Bob. I think Villanova probably wins a higher scoring game, maybe a 79-75 kind of game. How do you see it playing out? I think Villanova, too. This is tough. I mean, it can go really either way. The line came out at, at minus two, which I think speaks – it speaks volumes about what Vegas thinks of Villanova. I would have expected that to come out maybe a point or two higher in Carolina's favor. I think Villanova finds a way tonight. I really do. And uh, it is the two best teams playing. You know, I know that's such a cliche way to say it, but sometimes you don't really feel that way. This time I do think that you have the two best teams in the country. They've been in the top ten all year long and they're playing their best basketball at the right time. I love that. I, I agree with that because I say all the time that the NCAA tournament is not about finding the best team in the country. The NCAA tournament's about winning six games in a row. Uh, and Syracuse got there winning four games in a row. They weren't close to being one of the best teams in the country. But I'll agree with you here, especially with what we've seen. Um, and I think Carolina's had a much easier path than Villanova has. But to see Villanova knock off Kansas and then just destroy Oklahoma um, – you know they, They've got to continue it for one more game. Or they, you think they'll be able to do it, or do you think that Carolina could do something different to slow them down? I 
I think uh, the biggest thing is going to be rebounding. I think that's the key, uh, as well as Villanova bringing the same defensive intensity as they did against Oklahoma. I think that's the unsung portion of that Saturday night game because of how well they shot. It was kind of dampened out. But on a possession-by-possession basis, I don't remember a time where a team was that dialed in defensively, and they're going to need to do the same thing and then clean up the boards because North Carolina, good, not necessarily great shooting team. There's going to be misses, and you're going to need to get those boards and prevent second-chance opportunities. So I, I think Villanova does it tonight. I am taking the Cats to win the national championship. Bob Long from BobLongSports.com. Uh, you can check out his website. We talked on Friday that Bob's going to be doing a uh, documentary uh, about the experience going to the Final Four. So that should be very interesting. Where are you from originally, Bob? I am from Philadelphia. All right. So- uh, in the area, and, and actually besides what I'm doing, uh, at Bob Long Sports, and I also have a full-time job with PNC Bank, but uh, I'm also going to MBA school at Villanova right now. So this is a nice experience for me in that regard as well. So you can, you can. I don't know if we discussed this on Friday or not, but uh, I was having a good discussion with one of our longtime listeners, Eric from Clearfield. He's a Villanova alum. Apparently on Mike Missinelli's show this afternoon, Bob, in Philly, Mike is asking fans in Philly – if they are rooting for Villanova. Mm-hmm. Now, I would just flat assume they are. Why wouldn't they? Why would why would anybody not from Philly not not root from Villanova for Villanova? It's crazy. Well, Philadelphia sports fans can be crazy, and apparently a lot of people in Philadelphia are not rooting for Villanova. You go to Villanova, you are familiar with the Philadelphia basketball scene. Shed some light on this. Tell me if this is true in your experience. And I know they've got the Big Five, and it's a city divided, and maybe Villanova's the outsider to a degree. But what what, what do you think the feeling is in Philadelphia tonight? Are people there, uh, the majority of people, going to be rooting for Villanova or not? I think they will. I think what it is is anybody that's sort of on the fence or anyone that's a general basketball fan, general Big Five fan, or just – Someone's going to turn on the game without an affiliation. They're going to cheer for Villanova. That's my assumption. That's the way I would believe it to be. But there are some hardliners from each of those other big five institutions that you mentioned, LaSalle, St. Joe's, Temple, Penn, and even Drexel, that do not like Villanova. And it's a big-time robbery. The big five is real. It's, uh, it's one of the greatest traditions in college basketball, and that really has fostered some of the, I guess you'll call it animosity. Uh, and Villanova kind of the school with the haves versus the have-nots. I mean, you can take it back to the late 80s when Villanova kind of didn't break away from the Big Five, but not all those games were played at the Fluster anymore. That was kind of driven by Villanova and the monetary demands, which, let's be, let's be honest, Corey, that's the way you have to do it in college athletics now and prior. You need to, <laughs> I guess, provide and promote the best ways to get revenue so that you can fund not just your basketball program, but other programs. That's how it works. But that wasn't seen very well by the other institutions, and there's definitely a grudge that has been held since then. So you didn't say it, but all I heard is that everybody else is jealous of Villanova. Yep. I I think that's a good way to put it, yes. I mean, very much a have versus have not. And then, I mean, Villanova and St. Joe's are maybe five, six miles away, but St. Joe's happens to be on the one side of the city line, and Villanova happens to be just on the outside by a couple miles. And so people, uh, people hold strong to that and say, oh, see, it's not a city team. I find it a bit ridiculous, but it is what it is. It is. It's fascinating to me for this reason. The city of Philadelphia, which is a great 
basketball city is never going to enjoy a basketball championship unless it's Villanova. Period. Yep. You, can, you, you, you folks, you delusional folks out there can talk all you want about Temple and St. Joe's and Penn and all these <laughs> LaSalle. They ain't ever winning a national title. Not now, not ever. Not ever. St. Joe's got to a Final Four, great, nice little team. They're not ever winning a national title. The Sixers are never going to win an NBA championship. It's the worst organization in all sports. So if crazy Philadelphia fans can't root for Villanova, <laughs> then have fun never cheering on a championship ever in basketball. Oh, that's funny. That's fine. I got you, Corey. I'm with you. you are you a Pittsburgh guy originally, or uh... I'm from I'm from Arkansas. I just know stupidity when I see it. If you can't root for Villanova, yeah. then have fun rooting for your damn D League team that calls itself an NBA team. Yeah, I, mean, I understand. It's uh, it's very much the history of the Big Five that's fostered that. Yeah, uh, I just I just don't. I think I, it's, it's tough to understand for sure. Yeah, and look, especially if we're not from there. I'm not from there. Uh, I know Philadelphia sports fans think differently. I just think it's asinine. If you've got basketball fans in a great basketball city and they can't get over themselves enough to cheer for a team coming off the greatest NCAA performance of all time, who's the problem? They're the problem. Well, and, and that's the other thing, Corey. There, there's I guess a inbred, I guess, um, this, this pace for Villanova, like we're getting at here. But what's not to like about the 10 guys, 12 guys on that roster? I mean, what's not to like about Ryan Archie and What's not to like about Josh Hart, how hard he plays? What's not to like about Chris Jenkins, who's shedded 25 pounds, got himself into much, much better shape and has one of the best shooting strokes in the country? What's not to like about a team that graduates every one of his guys and hasn't had a guy leave for the NBA since early, since Kyle Lowry. I mean, what is not to like about this basketball team? And I can own up to this as a Syracuse fan. I can completely understand why people would root against Syracuse. They cheat. They, they got a coach who's unlikable. I can completely mm-hmm. understand why, why people would want to root against North Carolina. They cheat. They should be on probation. They shouldn't even be in the tournament, probably. I'm, I'm with you 100%. There's nothing not to like about Villanova. Jay, Jay Wright dresses nicely. If you want to be jealous of his, of his uh, uh, wardrobe, fine. But given, the, given these two teams uh, of likability factor, uh, Villanova wins in a landslide, in my opinion. So, but again, that, that's neither here nor there. I, I'm, just, I'm just flummoxed by, by the notion that people in a city, I can't think of any city in this country that would not adopt one of its teams in a championship game, regardless of rivalries. I, I mean, I, if you're in Oakland and the, and the Warriors are going to go for a title, I would have to think A's fans and, and Niners fans would root for them. Uh, and and I, I get it. The, even if you're in New York and you hate Syracuse, I would think St. John's fans would root for Syracuse in a national championship game or, or vice versa. I just can't think of another city, even UCLA or in USC. In LA, as much as they hate each other, I would have to think they would root for the other team in a championship maybe i'm wrong about that especially the i don't LA. know yeah I'm, I'm not really sure i mean even bringing it to the professional realm jets giants cubs white Sox. i don't know that you see a lot of their fans uh, the diehard fans i think the average fan can cheer for both like absolutely really is deeply rooted to one team may not cheer for the other and that's maybe a comparable example to Let's shed a little more light on, on why this is the way it is. All right, I, I think I said, what, 79-75 Villanova. Give me a score for tonight. You know, I think it's right there in the mid-70s, too. I'll say 74-71 Villanova. Three at the end or Carolina missing a three at the end or what? I think it's Villanova's defense 
getting a stop, which is really the, un, the unsung portion, if you will, of, uh, of this season for Villanova. I think that is what has carried them to this point. I think it's going to be one big stop at the end that does it. And I'll follow up, and then Ryan Archidiakono hits two free throws to seal it. How about that? <laughs> That's right. Hey, Bob. I, I, it would be no one else. I Absolutely. appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for the time, and enjoy your stay down there. Appreciate you coming on Friday and today. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good discussion points. My pleasure, Corey. Look forward to talking soon. All right. Uh, Bob does good work. You can check him out, boblongsports.com. He's also uh, a Penn, former Penn State guy as well. We'll step away for a break. 